This is Evermore Poe, the turbulent youth of Edgar Allan Poe. Chapter 39 Eddie had begun to despise working all summer, and since Pa and Mr. Ellis were never around, he did what any red-blooded American boy in an unpaid job would do. He left. Everyone was at the watering hole that day, including Bobby Stannard, who had come to be a good swimmer thanks to Eddie's training. He crouched on a rock beside the boy. How's the water? Fantastic, Eddie. You should come in. Maybe tomorrow, Eddie said. You don't seem to be afraid of it anymore. Nope, not since you taught me. Hey, how'd you become such a good swimmer anyway? Who inspired you? I don't know. I've been swimming for forever. Maybe Lord Byron inspired me? The famous guy? Oh, yeah, that sounds crazy, I know. Let me explain. I've always liked to swim, but I really got into it when I learned that Lord Byron had swum the Hellespont. What's the Hellespont? It's a giant waterway along the Aegean Sea. The way I see it, if Byron can swim across an entire strait, well, then I can swim a river. Sure, Poe. Nat Howard chimed in. The Hellespont is four miles long. You can't do that. I can do twice that, Eddie boasted. Yeah, right. Keep dreaming, Eddie. I can do four miles. I can do eight. You want to make a bet? Eddie stuck his hand out to shake on it. But before they could seal the deal, little Robert interrupted. I have to go. Mother wants me home for lunch. She said you should come around sometime, Eddie. She did? Uh, well, you know, kid, I'm, I'm busy most days. But, um... I'm not doing anything now. It was settled, and the two turned to leave. Along the way, Eddie fished for information. So, uh, did your mother really ask for me specifically? I can go fetch my work if you think she'd like a reading today. Robert shrugged off the question, either oblivious to Eddie's intentions or numb to them. They entered through the rear where Jane stood beside a rose bush. Eddie lost his breath. Darling, she said, gliding over. For a brief moment, Eddie thought she was referring to him. Then she leaned down to kiss Bobby. Eddie, so nice of you to join us. Thank you for having me, he said, well aware of the mild suggestion. It had only been a month, but something was different about Jane. Her skin was paler than before, as though it weren't summer at all. Once again, she wore a house coat, and her hair was messy. But this time, it seemed more unkempt been intentionally casual. Of course, she still looked like an angel, but now she somehow appeared to be fragile. After their intimate but awkward meeting, Eddie didn't know how to present himself, and yet he didn't have to wait long to see her true intentions. Robert, dear, she said, stepping away with her son, would you be a love and go retrieve mommy's handkerchief? It's upstairs in my bureau drawer. The moment the child was out of sight, Jane turned to Eddie. From this angle, the sunlight shone through the fibers of her linen dress, and Eddie could make out every detail of her delicate figure. He wondered if she might be doing it on purpose. I've been thinking about you since the last time we met. I'd like to apologize if I upset you. I hope you will confide in me again as I've come to truly enjoy your company. A coquettish smile appeared on Jane's face, and she began to saunter back ever so slowly, a telling expression on her lips. Anticipation mounting, Eddie froze as she touched his hands. Then he looked up and met her gaze. This is so wrong, he thought. She's married. She's Bobby's mother. 
It was taboo, unmentionable, illicit, forbidden, inappropriate, and yet it felt better than anything he had ever experienced. The consequences didn't matter, not in the moment. Jane touched his arm. Tingles ran throughout his body. For a moment, they stared at each other, each waiting for the other to do something. All doubt was removed for Eddie. It wasn't his imagination after all. Jane was showing her true colors, and it was breathtaking. The sound of a slamming door followed by running feet ended their gaze, and Jane stepped back a distance. Here you are, Mother. (laughs) Thank you, Bobby. Edgar heard the disappointment in her voice. Truth be told, Eddie was disappointed too. The experience left a profound effect on Eddie. Their affair could be real, if only given the chance. And now Eddie knew for sure. Jane wanted him just as much as he wanted her. Evermore Poe is the historical account of a teenaged Edgar Allan Poe. If you'd like to learn more about Eddie's devolution to become the master of the macabre, please don't forget to follow and share this podcast. Evermore Poe was researched, written, produced, and edited by yours truly, journalist Chris Kosach. I began my research more than a decade ago using vetted journalistic methods with corroborated fact-checking from respected sources including the Library of Congress, periodicals obtained from multiple Poe museums, notable scholars and the National Archives, among other collections, strung together in a narrative style. In other words, my story is mostly true. Our music today is from Esther Abrami. It should be noted that some of the characters in Evermore Poe are composites of real people, including servants and slaves who lived in the Allen home at the time of our story. Please note, while Evermore Poe is based on fact, it should not be confused with the historic record. For that, I hope you will go down your own rabbit hole to research one of the most thrilling American authors of all time. Our story continues again next time on Evermore Poe. Until then, I'm Chris Kosach. Thank you for listening.